Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. I don't know about you, but do you ever find that the sort of day you're having has an effect on the way you think? Yeah? Well, when and I managed to get away for a couple of days at the end of the week, and uh, we took the caravan and headed for the Lake District, and we uh, found a pitch at Kendall, or just outside Kendall, and we were setting up. Now, we'd gone there because we thought it would be nice to do a bit of walking. But as I got up on Wednesday morning, as I was rushing round the house, I neglected to see the seven-pound weight that holds our kitchen door open had moved out from the door and was in the middle of the doorway. And as I, in an early morning stupor, went through the doorway, my foot hit the weight in what is known as a toe. It didn't actually hurt much at the time, which was probably a bad sign, because I reckon I broke it. So here we now were, some hours later, in Kendall, with a two-looking decidedly swollen, having gone there to go walking. Then as we put the little awning up on the front of the caravan, I managed to hit my hand with the mallet. And the side of my thumb now started swelling. To make matters worse, I'd gone intending, if I had five minutes, to do a couple of little repairs on the caravan. So, in my trouser pocket, I had a tube of superglue. And I had forgotten there was a hole in that pocket. And the tube of superglue had travelled down inside the lining of the trousers, down the leg, to somewhere far nearer my ankle. And as I knelt to do something, the tube of superglue burst and glued the trousers to my ankle. I was now afraid to put my leg down in case I glued it to something else, having to say to Morwenna, I need a hand to get my trousers off. (laughs) And then as I took time over the couple of days away to just prepare for this morning, I found myself looking at some of the promises the Bible makes. It says, we will have life to the full. I was having life to the full. 
It says we would have supernatural wisdom. Well, why on earth did I put that super glue in my pocket? It says we'll have a clear direction in our lives. That we'll be blessed with creativity. Moena was certainly blessed with creativity as she helped me remove my trousers. I do have a bald patch now, somewhere just around my ankle, to match the one on the top of my head. It says that we will be full of strength and courage. It says we will be overcomers and victors and not victims. It says that the devil will flee from us. It tells us that we can have self-control and self-discipline. That our hearts will be full of faith. And it says we can expect God's favour on our lives. It tells us that we're secure, that we're loved and that we're totally accepted. It says that we can be healed and that we should be expecting to be in good health. It says that nothing can stand against us because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. But the devil has no hold on us. It says that we are divinely protected. And that's just the start. Now, isn't that great news? I think it's great news. But how many of you feel you are living this morning in the fullness of all those promises? How many of you would want to see more of that in your life? Three, four, oh, a few more. Now, if it is the truth... Why do we not see more of it in our lives? Because either it's the truth or it isn't. There's no room for half-truth. And these are pretty bold statements. So, as we've been looking at this series about the Holy Spirit, why is it that we're not living in the fullness of these promises? Is it we're not getting prayed for enough? Is it that we don't do enough ministry within the church? Because if this is what the Bible says, if this is what Jesus has promised, why are we not living in the fullness of it all? Could it be that God's inadequate in some way? I certainly don't believe that is the reason. So this morning, I want to build on last week's session when we looked at the relationship between the Word and the Spirit and look at how the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and actually breathes life into it within us. I was told a story once about a man who desperately wanted to win the lottery. He was so desperate to win the lottery that he got up early every morning and prayed two or three hours. He'd pray, God, please let me win the lottery. And at the end of the year, he was quite fed up. Because, do you know, he hadn't won a single penny. And so he got up the next morning and he said to God, God, I am really annoyed 
that I haven't won the lottery. Not one single penny. Why is it? Am I not praying enough? And then he just heard God say something to him. God said to him, well, you could have helped me out and bought a ticket. (laughs) You see, in our Christian walk, we need to be cooperating with God. There are things that we can do in our Christian lives where if we work with God in such a way we are helping the work of the Holy Spirit. And equally there are things we can do in our Christian lives that hinder that work in us. We can work with the Holy Spirit because he doesn't just do things to us. This is something but it is important we understand. Because that is why we don't always see the word of God and the promises he made, made manifest in our lives. Last week we looked at a passage in John 14. And I'm just going to go back to a couple of those verses again. John 14 verse 15 onwards. It says, if you love me you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Here Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, I'm going to have to go back to the Father. But you're not going to be on your own. Because I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit and he will lead you in the truth. And then picking up again in verse 19, it says, Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then skipping on to verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me will not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Notice what he said here. He said that the Holy Spirit would teach us and remind us of what he had said to us. That's what brings the change in faith and life within us. So when we have the Holy Spirit working in our lives, as well as giving us strength and courage and power, as well as bringing streams of living water that well up in us, the promise is that the Holy Spirit will take the words and the teachings of Jesus that we now have in the Bible and he will bring them back to our thoughts. He's going to remind us of them. 
In John 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now just listen to verse 14 again. He, referring to the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, referring to Jesus. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Some of us are not seeing victory in our lives. Because we have got out of balance in our Christian walk. We talked last week about being all Holy Spirit, all being prayed for. Whereas we need to keep it in balance with the word. We need to meditate on it and let it sink into our lives. Some of us can quote scriptures forwards, backwards and sideways. But we need the spark of the Holy Spirit to bring it to life within us. We need that balance in our lives. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Yes, you will receive power because it was promised in Acts 1 that you will be witnesses. But you also need to know my words. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he's going to remind you about what I said. Why is that so important? This is what it says in Proverbs 4. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And healing to all their flesh. They're life to those who find them. They're healing to all their flesh. Are you looking for life? Are you looking for healing? God said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you need prosperity? Do you need success in your life? Although that doesn't necessarily, in God's terms, mean that you will become rich. Now, if I was to come round this morning, I'm not going to, so you can relax. If I was to come round this morning and ask each of you how much you dwell on the word of God, how many of you would feel uncomfortable? And I'm not asking for hands here. We need to realise that the word of God is of paramount importance. Are you getting it enough? So how do we get it right? This morning I'm not going to trot out some cliche about getting up at 5am and getting stuck into the word for an hour before you go out the door. Because I don't manage that very often. And so I'm not going to put someone else under condemnation for not managing that either. <coughs> Actually, if anyone here 
does manage to do that regularly, perhaps you could pray for me at the end. You know? But let me know what the secret is. But if we look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, we looked at this passage last week. It said, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? We looked at it. We looked at how the serpent, being the most crafty animal, cast doubt on the word of God. Now when anyone starts to get serious about the things of God, the enemy starts to become active in opposing us. But he doesn't always attack us head on. We see that in Genesis 3. So there we are. We're stood, we've put on our spiritual armour, we're girded up, we're ready for the onslaught. And then the attack comes that is so subtle that we miss it. And if you look at that passage, you can see that before the serpent could actually get Eve to do anything sinful, he had to overcome the words that God had spoken to her. It was that subtle. He got her to start doubting those words so that they'd cease to have effect in her life. And that's where he often starts with us. He puts a doubt in our mind. Did God really say that? Are you sure that's what he said? Now why would the serpent do that? Because the words of God speak life to us. They have power to bring about change in us and through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is one of the great things about the first couple of sessions of Freedom in Christ course. They have you speaking out truth. Truth from God's word about yourself and about your relationship with God. As a result, what you see is people who speak those truths out over themselves day after day see change in their lives. The enemy's strategy is exactly the same. He wants you to stop believing the truth about who you are in Christ, about what your future is and your destiny. And so he casts doubt in your mind. And then when he's cast doubts, he goes further. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now God had said, you will die. But the serpent now said, no you won't. In effect, he was now calling God a liar. He was saying that he had other motives for not telling the truth. And that's another reason why so many of us struggle with the promises that God has given us. We start to say, did God really say that? Did he really say, I can have life to the full? Did he really say that I can be full of supernatural wisdom? <coughs> 
Did he really say that I could have a clear direction for my life? That I could be blessed with creativity? Did he really say that I can be full of strength and of courage? Did he say that I'm an overcomer? That I'm a victor? Did he really say that the devil will flee from me? Did he really say that I could have a life full of self-control and self-discipline? That I could be full of faith? That I can expect God's favour on my life? Did he really say that I'm secure? That I'm loved? Did he really say that I am accepted? Just as I am. Did he really say that I can have healing and that I can expect good health? <coughs> Did he really say that nothing can stand against me? Because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Did he really say that the devil has no hold on me? Did he really say that I would be offered divine protection? Do you believe the words that God has spoken to you? So what do you do? When you find you're having doubts. What I'd say is first of all. Look at what the word of God says on the issue. Look it up. If you don't know where to find it. Ask others to help you. And then stand on the word of God. Believe it to be true. A couple of years ago. At the Brighton Leaders Conference. On the Thursday evening. It's for some years been a prayer evening. And so 5,000 or so were gathered and we were praying through a list of a church plants in the UK and single sentences were being prayed over each church plant. And as those sentences were read out, the 5,000 or so all added, Amen. And as they worked down to the list, it came to Doncaster. And much to my surprise, the prayer for Doncaster was that we would see signs and wonders. Signs and wonders in Doncaster. And 5,000 people said, Amen. <coughs> are we seeing signs and wonders? We are. We're seeing a little. We have seen some healing. We've seen other things happen. But not yet in the measure that I hope we will see. Am I disillusioned? No. Because I'm standing in faith on a promise that I believe God has given us. It's in his word. 
His word backs it up. There's no conflict. In Mark 16 it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Well, we've seen a fair bit of that. They will speak in new tongues. We see that quite regularly. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'd love to see more of that. The trouble is that if we don't believe the promises that God has made over us, that he has incredible plans for us, that he doesn't want us to endure sickness, that he wants to provide for us, then what can the Holy Spirit bring back to your memory when you need to stand up against things? God is not a liar. And if we don't believe the word of God, how can the Holy Spirit bring it back to our minds and bring us life? We can stand here this morning all we want. We can ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. But if we don't believe that his plans for us are good, that he has designs on our lives, then what are we expecting the Holy Spirit to do? We have to take the word of God as true. And if that seems at odds with the world's thinking and man's wisdom, then choose God's thinking. Where are you at this morning? Are you struggling with things? Have you got bad habits that have developed? Are you plagued by sin? Do you even find exercising faith difficult? Are there areas that you've prayed and prayed about but still struggling with? Because I want you to ask yourself two questions this morning. The first is, whatever that situation is, what does the word of God say about it? That has to be our starting point on the issue. What does God say? Take the time to meditate on his words of life. Speak the truth out. Read those scriptures out aloud. Memorise them. Meditate on them. Dwell on them so they become part of your thinking and part of your life. And choose to believe them. Because then the Holy Spirit can bring them to life in you. That's what Jesus was talking about in John. When he said the Holy Spirit will remind you of what I have said. If you don't know what the Bible says about your problem, well, ask someone who will know. We're blessed here with a number of people in the church who have a wide and a mature understanding of the Bible. Ask one of them to help you find passages that will help. Because this is what God has promised. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving the seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word will always accomplish what it was intended to do. That's why there's so much power in reading it out loud. Because it cannot fail to accomplish what it was intended for. 
In Psalm 119, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God helps us stand against sinning. It says, I've stored up your word. It implies that this was something that was done in advance, ready for a time of need. Not something reacting to a situation, but something preparing for it. It's one of the things that stops us being thrown around by the cares of the world. If we store up God's word in our lives, then when something happens to us that we weren't expecting, our thoughts go straight to God's word rather than hitting the panic button. Rather than worry, we find ourselves thinking, ah, it's going to be alright. Because God's word says, the word of God is your defence against sin and against failure. It says in uh, Philippians, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Do you believe it? Because God's word is either true or it's lying. There's no middle ground. So whatever you are battling with, you can have victory over it. In the power of the Holy Spirit and the strength of God's word. Is your life moulded and formed by the word of God? Often, we need to change our way of thinking to a more godly way. Rather than just keep asking God to change our circumstances. Because as we allow the word of God to penetrate our minds, our thinking starts to change. And as our thinking changes, our choices in life change. We stop doing the things that we know we shouldn't. And because of that, our actions start to change. And do you know what? As your actions change, so do your circumstances. So sometimes rather than keep asking for prayer, we need to let the word of God influence our thinking, our choices and our actions. And so I'm going to ask you again, how much time do you give to studying the Bible? Then having looked at what the word of God says about your situation, then ask the Holy Spirit to make it live within you. In Psalm 19 it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Does your soul need reviving? Does your heart need to rejoice? Do you need enlightenment or wisdom? Then look no further. 
get full of the word of God and then get full of the Holy Spirit. I just feel this this morning has applications for a, a number of people. And if you've been sat there this morning listening and somewhere within you, you know you hear that voice that says, did God really say? Did God really say I could be free? Then recognise that voice for what it is. Find the truth, speak it out, and believe it. I just pulled out a handful of promises. There are hundreds of them in Scripture. And I want to just challenge all of you to do something. We're going to go back to the promises and we're just going to speak them out together. And if as we go through them, you find there's one you're having trouble with, then spend this week looking at it. Look at what the Bible says on the subject. Look up the verses. Memorise them. Meditate on them. Speak them out. Let the truth do its work. And then come next week, prepared to testify to the change it's made. Let's just speak these out. I'm not into responsive prayers usually. But actually, let's do a bit of responding, huh? I believe that I can have life to the full. That I can have supernatural wisdom. That I can have a clear direction for my life. I believe I am blessed with creativity. That I am full of strength and courage. I believe I'm an overcomer and a victor. I believe the devil will flee from me. I believe I can have self-control and self-discipline in my life. I believe that my heart will be full of faith and I can expect God's favour. I believe that I am secure, but I am loved and that I am accepted. I believe I can receive healing and expect good health. I believe that nothing can stand against me. Because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I believe that the devil has no hold on me. And that I can enjoy divine protection. I'm going to finish there. 
I'd just encourage you, if you know as you read those, as spoke those back, that you struggled with one, make a note of it, look into it during the week, find the promises, speak them out to yourself each day. Let the word of God start to bring change in your life. Amen. Have a good week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 